but it's, it's addressing the complacency in, in the body of Christ. And you know, every one of us deal with, with the urge to be complacent, you know, in, in any part of our life. You know, when I was growing up, when I, when I was a senior in, in high school, I was a very complacent student. You know, my goal was to make C's and, and that was a victory. Glory to God. You know, not that I couldn't have done a whole lot better. You know, I could have, you know, I don't know whether I could have been a straight A student yet. I could have, but, but my goal was to, uh, to get C's. You know, I wasn't ever going to need math. You know, I didn't know how to speak English. You know, none of that stuff, you know, all that stuff was just, was there for somebody else to know. And, uh, I'm going to tell a little, little story on my wife. Is, is it okay, Larry, if you tell stories about your wife? Especially if you don't tell her that you're going to do it until you get up here. So I, and I'm not even going to look that direction. So, so we'll, we'll just, uh, you know, just pray for me when we get home, okay? You know, when, when I was a senior, uh, one of the classes that I took was business. And, uh, and Suzanne was a, uh, was a junior. And I went to school in Lockwood. She went to school in, in, in Lamar. We had the same textbooks, hallelujah. You know, and they, and they were one lesson ahead of us. The whole year. I'm telling you, you guys don't know how awesome that was. Because, you know, several times during the week, I would go over to her house and let her do my lessons for me. And she did a really good job. I think she probably aced that class. You know, I probably didn't make quite as good a grade as she did. Just simply because... You know, not all of the grade was, you know, on your homework. Some of it was on the test you had to take. And I'm sure I didn't do as good a job on, on the test as, as she did. Because I didn't do anything. You know, I, I was, I was complacent. You know, I, w- I was okay with where I was at, with what I knew. And, and I didn't need to know anymore. Okay, so that, that's what we're going to talk about about this morning, you know, one of the most dangerous places that, that a church or we as individuals can find ourselves in is, is becoming complacent. If, if we become complacent, you know, we'll let other people do our homework in school. Um, you know, in, in the business, you know, I can remember, you know, when I was service manager, you know, in car business, in the implement businesses, you know, about this time of year, we, we started thinking about next year, you know, and, and we kind of knew how this year was going and what we need to do to, to finish out with a bang and, and to meet our goals. And in about 60 days, we, we would really get serious about our vision for next year and setting our goals for next year. I can remember one time, in, in particular, that this had been a tremendous year for for our department. 
You know, and it wasn't because, you know, I was such a hot rod. I just had the, the privilege of having a lot of good guys and, and ladies in my department that made me look good. Okay? And, and we got along good together and, and, you know, we, we were all motivated. But this year, uh, you know, we, we had increased our bottom line over 400%. And that, that was unheard of. And, you know, we couldn't have done that unless we had been below ground to start off with. So, it, you know, we, we just did a great, you know, it was just a good year. And, you know, about October, November, you know, the push was on to turn into your, turn your figures in on, on, you know, how good or, you know, your projections for the next year and, and so on and so forth. And, you know, my idea was, man, we have done so awesome. I, I think I just want to kind of cruise. I just kind of want to cruise. I don't want to, you know, I, I think we deserve a break today. You know, but, but the business owners that never, didn't ever see it like that. You know, we always set a goal out here, you know, at the end of every year for the next year. And, and if you met that goal, doggone it, if they didn't move the goalpost the next year and it was a little bit further down the field. And, and you guys that are in, you know, in business, you'll understand that. You know, Way too many times we take the same attitude with our relationship with God and, and the church. You know, we, we become complacent. You know, we're, we're satisfied with what we have. You know, we don't need to pray anymore. You know, we've heard what the, the minister or the preacher has to say, and we don't need to hear it again so we can stay home today. You know, I've given my part. You know, I, I think I can slack off on tithes and offerings for a while. You know, uh, you know, there, there's all different kinds of areas of, of complacency. You know, we're happy with, with our love walk. And when we get to this point, we have become the Lord of our lives and not allowing God to be the Lord of our life. You know, when we get complacent, we become the Lord of our life, and God isn't. You know, I, I'm a perfect example of that. You know, for ten years after I got born again, you know, I, I was born again, Jesus was my Lord. But Jesus wasn't the Lord of my life. You know, there, there's, there's a difference. You can be born again, and Jesus not be the Lord of your life. You know, that word Lord simply means supreme authority or someone that's in control. And and for the first ten years, God was not in control of my life. It, it was It was totally me. Totally me. In 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 2, It says this, grace and peace be yours in the abundance, in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Grace and peace is ours in abundance through the knowledge 
of Jesus our Lord, as well as his lordship in our lives. The knowledge of God and, and Jesus, the more we have, allows him to, to become the Lord of our life. Look, look in Proverbs chapter um, 1. And we're, we're going to dig, dig into this just, just a little bit more. It says, For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. Complacency doesn't allow us to grow. Complacency, when we become complacent in where we're at, you know, whether it's, it's in our job or in our business or, or in, in our marriage relationship or, or it's, it's in, in, in our relationship with God, we're not growing. Complacency is is a feeling of of calm satisfaction in my own ability. Satisfied with where we were at, we are at. It's it's a place where it won't let us go to the next level. Complacency allows us room not to level up you remember that that phrase level up pastor kent talked about it you know two or three weeks ago about leveling up in our relationship with god leveling up with with you know where where we're at in god complacency is is not to be confused with contentment contentment is is a place where I am satisfied, but I continue to improve. Okay? Contentment is a place where I'm satisfied, but I continue to improve. I'm striving to get better. It's, it's about having a good attitude where you're at while you are on your way to a high, higher level. It says, I'm not where I want to be, but I'm not where I was. Okay? I'm not where I want to be, but praise God, I'm not, I'm not the old man that I was. In 1st Timothy, chapter 6, It says this, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is, is great gain. In Zechariah chapter 4 verse 10, it says, don't despise small beginnings. Complacency on the other hand, refuses 
to work to improve where you're at. It says it's good enough. I've experienced all God has for me. There isn't anything more. Complacency is is a dangerous place to be. Christian contentment means this. I am fully satisfied in Jesus. No matter what happens, I am fully satisfied in Jesus. Christian complacency says this. No matter what happens, I am fully self-satisfied in my effort in pursuing Christ. I'm satisfied with my relation of Christ. I don't need any more. I don't need to pray anymore. I don't need to listen to the word anymore. Complacency is being satisfied with where you're at, not wanting to get any better, unaware of the dangers that surround you. Complacency is a tool of the Satan. You know, I, I know this is not a jumping up and down, you know, message this morning, but but folks, it's it's a it's an urgent message that that we need and that the, that the church needs. Amen. Pastor Kent and I were talking here oh, six or eight weeks ago, and I I don't even remember what we were talking about now, but but uh, he, he he said this. He says one thing that I remember my my dad always saying. So, Larry, he remembers one thing that you said, okay, that that it's important, you know, never to get up and preach mad. Don't ever get up and preach angry. But you can get up and preach with a conviction and with the urgency that of the message that God has placed on your heart. Amen. Don't preach mad, but you can preach with the urgency that, that God has, of the message that God has placed on your heart. You know, my question for you today is, is, are you satisfied with where you're at? You know, are you satisfied and, and, and are saying this is good enough? Complacency is is an enemy to your growth. Do you think that you have everything that God has for you this morning? Do you? How many here think that we that they've got everything that God has for them this morning, or have accomplished everything that God has called called you to do? You know this this attitude of complacency is the reason that. That many ministries don't exist today that existed 50, 60, 70 years ago is because the people in the, in the body, in, in the building became complacent. We can't have an attitude of, of maintaining our position. We've always got to be pressing in. We've always got to be pressing in to the things of God continually. You know, as, as, I, as I get older, sometimes it seems like that's harder to do. That's harder to do. But it's, 
it's no less important to press into what God has called us to do. You know, it doesn't make any difference whether you're whether you're five or, or ninety-five. You know, we need to continually press into the things of God and not be satisfied with where we're at. You know, I, I remember um, back about 45 years ago, you know, uh, Suzanne and I got introduced to the Holy Spirit and we didn't know whether it was right or, or not right or, you know, we were, we were really confused as, as, you know, the direction that we, we needed to go with the Holy Spirit. You know, we, we had heard of the Holy Spirit. We knew that there was one, but we didn't know anything about Him. We didn't know what the Holy Spirit's part was in, in our relationship with God. We just didn't know. And, and one of the, and one of the first prayers that I can remember, you know, after we were introduced to the Holy Spirit that, that we prayed together is, you know, Father, I don't know, you know, I don't know all the answers. I don't know nothing. You know, but I want you to show, show us the truth so that we don't get in error and, and, you know, mess this thing up or get messed up. You know, because there, there was, there was a lot of stuff being said, you know, 40 and 50 years ago about, about the infilling and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, and praise God, you know, praise God. You know, we, we, we didn't, everything that we heard wasn't right, but we went to the Word and found out what was right in what we heard. And, and we kicked out the stuff that wasn't right and hung on to the stuff that was. And, and it was, it was God honoring that prayer. And He's still doing it today. He's still doing it today. I praise God. I praise God that, that, that we didn't listen to the information that we got over here that was wrong, but we clung to the information here that's always right. Always right. You know, and, and that takes us back to, to the message that Pastor Kent talked about last week. We, we have to know what we believe. We gotta know what we believe. Because if you don't know what you believe, you'll believe the last thing that you heard on a particular subject. Whether it's right or wrong, if, if you don't know what you believe. So that's the reason it's so important to keep the Word of God before you day and night. And, and, and not listen to anything that doesn't line up with the Word of God. But complacency we, we haven't lost lost focus here. Complacency will say, well, you know, I, I know everything that there is to know. I don't need to know anything else. I don't need to read my Bible anymore. I don't need to pray. Uh, you know, I don't need to whatever. You can, you can fill in the blank. I don't need to do that anymore. And then before you know it, you've lost focus of what you believe. And you'll be begin to question the Word of God. You know how I know all this? Because I've, you know, we've experienced it. You know, we, we, we've experienced it. You know, a few years ago, 
you know, our, our world was rocked a few years ago. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to go into any details, but, uh, you know, we were, you know, we were really questioning what, what we believe because, uh, you know, of circumstances and things, things that took place. You know, I, I probably never told anybody this or, you know, never come out my mouth, but, but I was really concerned with my, with my relationship with God, you know, you know, because we had been rocked to the core in, in what we believed. And, you know, I was questioning him, you know, everything that I knew, you know, everything that I knew. But in the midst of all that, I just had this, this urgent urge down on the inside of me not to, not to let the word of God get away from me. In other words, I needed to press into the Word of God more and more and more so that, that, that I, I wouldn't lose focus of the calling God had put on our lives. You know, it's, it was kind of like a power play in hockey. You know what a power play in hockey is? You know, when the other team has got a penalty and they're one or two guys short, and the other team has a power play because they're, they are at an advantage. Well, that's what Satan does when you, when you become complacent. You're penalizing yourself because you're not pressing into the Word of God and Satan will put a power play on you because he thinks he has the majority. So that, that's the danger of becoming complacent. You know, that's the danger of becoming complacent because you're now at a disadvantage in your relationship with God and, and what He can do through you and, and in you. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says this, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, Which God has prepared in advance for us to do. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do. What does that mean? Can we become complacent and do what God has called us to do? Can, can we do the works that God has called us to do. You know, we don't do those good works to earn salvation. Salvation is a gift from God. We don't do the works to, to earn our salvation. We do the good works because we are saved. And Jesus is our Lord. He, he's, he's, he's our supreme authority. He's the one that's He's our controller. We don't do the works because we need to get saved. We do the works because we are saved. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 3, and let's look at verse 16. And this is an awesome verse of script, or passage of scripture. Paul here is, is praying for the Ephesians. And he says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. 
so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all God's holy people. How to grasp, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of fullness, to the measure of fullness of God. How many in here have all of God that there is to get? How many know the the length and the depth and the height and, and everything that there is to know about God? You know, a person that that is complacent reaches a certain point and said, that's enough. You know, I know all that I need to know. In Philippians chapter 3, let's look at Philippians chapter 3, verse verse 12. Paul here again is, is talking to the Philippians. And he says, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. There's more. Paul here is saying, I haven't attained everything that there is is to have. You know, there, there's more of Jesus than I know about. You know, there's more to Jesus than we know about this morning. Amen? And every, every bit of it is good. Verse 13, it says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing that I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Don't let the past hinder hinder you. Don't let your past cause you to become complacent. Your past is just exactly that. It's past. Your past is past. You know, you, you can't, you can't unscramble an egg, but you can cook it and eat it. Okay? Your past is past. Forget about it. Don't worry about what's past because it's past. But you can go forward in Christ Jesus. There's more than what you know. There's more than what you, you're experiencing today. But when we become complacent, you know, we, we say, that's enough. You know, I'm good. Everything's cool. Pretty good car. Got good tires on it. You know, I, I can, I can pay my bills. You know, I can, you know, all, all my needs are pretty well met. You know, I'm doing okay. We're just going to kind of coast here. We're What we're saying is we're leveling out and not leveling up. You know, I think maybe a couple of weeks ago we, we might have maybe misunderstood or what Pastor Kent was saying. Le- leveling up is not staying where you're at. 
leveling up is is just exactly what it says. It's going up to the next level with with God. It's not leveling out and saying, you know, we're cool, everything's fine. You know, I think I'm just going to just coast, and uh, you know, I've I've got enough money for retirement. You know, I, I don't need to press in anymore. That's what complacency is. Verse 14, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. There's a constant pressing in. A constant pressing in. We're either pressing towards the mark that God has, has placed before us or, or we're becoming complacent. Verse 15. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I have oft told you before, and, and I tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, and their God is their stomach, and their glory is their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. You know, in complacency, we can become an enemy of the cross. We can become an enemy of the cross if we, if we allow ourselves to, to sit back and, and not keep pressing in to the things of God. But you know, I, I can think of, of, of examples of where complacency in, in the body of Christ has become an enemy of the cross. You are either growing in maturity or, or in complacency. You're not just standing still. You're, you're either growing in maturity. We're growing up in Christ. We're coming up to the next level, to a higher level, or we're leveling off. And, and when you level off, the line starts going like this. And the further you go, the steeper it gets until God is completely out of the picture. But when you're going like this, you're leveling up. You're to this level. We're going from glory to glory here. We're going, and when we get here, we're we're not stopping. We're, we're, we're pressing in. You know, we're, we're continuing to, to meditate the word. We go up the next level, and we go up the next level, and we go up the next level, but we continually to level up and and not level out. In Second Peter chapter one, verse five, it's for this very reason: make every effort. To add to your faith goodness. 
These are things that we're adding to our faith. These are things that we're, we're, we're doing. We're not leveling out. We're not becoming complacent here. And, and to goodness, knowledge. And to knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, perseverance. And to perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, mutual affection. And to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure. In other words, that, that's, that's telling me, Gary, that, that we never get to the point where, where we don't need to add goodness and knowledge and self-control and all these other things to our faith. We need to keep continually increasing. Increasing. You know, I know some of you back there are thinking, you know, when, when can I ease off? Why would you want to ease off? Why would you not want to know more about Jesus, your Lord? You know, why, why would you not want to know more about God and about the Holy Spirit and, and what He can do in your life, what He does in your life? I know that's what Landon is has been talking about in his his Sunday school class. Why would you not want more to know more? For you, if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, look at this. They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is why we keep pressing in. So that we don't become ineffective and unproductive. We don't want to become ineffective and unproductive. We want to be an effective body of Christ. Amen? We want to be effective body of Christ. And, and our part of that is, is adding all these things to our, to our faith. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from past sins. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Look at the benefits. Look at the benefits of of pressing in. And, and being content with where you're at, but not, but not satisfied. Being content, but ever growing. Glory to God. Be content, but ever growing. Look at Revelations chapter three. You don't have to, you don't have to turn there, but just write it down and look at Revelations chapter three, you know, verses 15 through 18. The church of Laodicea became complacent. They were living in the how it used to be, not really realizing that God wanted to do a new thing in their church. You know, it used to be this way, but they didn't want to go on. The way out of complacency is is contentment. Four steps to to getting out of complacency is is awareness that that's where. That that's where I'm at. You know, get a few a vision of, of a better future, not a vision of of just 
you know, I'm okay where, where I'm at and I don't want to do any more. Get out of self-centeredness and make a difference in someone else's life. And number four is, is seeking God. A person that is content is, is not standing still. In Isaiah chapter 43 verse 18 and 19 it says, Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I am a, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in, in the wasteland. Don't let what God has done keep you from moving forward. You know, sometimes we get, you know, as, as a body, we get stuck in what God has done and, and lose, lose sight of what He wants to do. Understanding commitment is, is about being at, e- at ease, you know, while growing. You know, I've, I've heard this, this statement made, and I've probably made it, you know, made it. That uh, I believe the church is in a great revival. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, and I believe we are too. I believe that there's a revival going on in in the body of Christ. But the revival that's breaking out on the West Coast or anywhere else that you want to pick is not going to happen at Oakton until we do something about it. Revival is going to start with you, with me. It's going to take me getting excited about what God is wanting to do at Oakton, in, in, in Lamar, in Barton County, Jasper County, Dade County, Southwest Missouri, Missouri, the Midwest. It's, it's going to take us getting excited about what God wants to do and what He can do through me. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. You know, in, in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 5, and this is, this is out of the Passion Version, it says this, Know the importance of the season that you're in and be a wise son. Know the importance of the season that you're in and be a wise son. But what a waste... When an incompetent son sleeps through the day of opportunity. Ouch. That doesn't sound like a very good verse of scripture to end on, does it? I'll use this as an example. You know, a farmer, you know, goes out and he prepares the ground and he sows the seed and he sprays the herbicide, pesticides, insecticides, all the sides and fertilizes and waters and, 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 and does everything that he can do to produce a harvest. You know, and, and I think the, the church has done a really good job of, of, of doing that to, to a certain extent. You know, we've been preaching the word of God and, and, you know, Putting everything into, to, to harvesting, into a harvest, but now harvest is here. You know, 
you know, Larry and, and Paul back there and, and, and Joe back there and, and, you know, there's probably some other farmers in here. You know, when harvest comes, they don't look around and, well, I wonder who's gonna shell my corn this time. You know, and they drive by the field and, and the field, man, it's dried down. You know, the moisture's probably 18, 17%, 16 maybe, you know, and, and, and harvest is ready. But he never goes to the barn and gets his combine. Folks, the harvest is here. We need to reap the harvest. We need to reap the harvest. You know, the church has to, to own the harvest. You know, Paul, you know, when his corn's ready, he's on the stick. He's out there ready to go. He owns that harvest because he's put all the labor into it. He, he's done everything that he can do to, to, to produce a harvest. My plea to the church today, and, and this is, you know, I'm not just talking to you guys. I'm talking to myself too. Golden City. I'm talking to you guys over there. You know, we, we own the harvest. All we need to do is go reap the harvest and send laborers into the harvest to, to reap the harvest. Amen? You know, I urge you this morning not to become complacent, not to be satisfied with where we're at, not to be satisfied with where you're at in God, but continually pressing in, continually pressing in. To the things of God. Continually pressing into the things of God. You know, there's been times that, that I've had times of complacency, you know, in, in, in our relation, in my relationship with God. You know, if, if that's where you're at this morning, that's not a, a place where you have to stay. You can say, God, you know, I'm sorry. You know, I messed up here. You know, I've kind of backed off and, and you know, I was happy with where I was at. But, you know, as I look back, you know, where I, where I was at, that's not where I am now. You know, there's a verse of Scripture in the Bible that says, you know, you can't take the the meat of the word because you haven't progressed enough. You're, you know, you're going to have to go back to the milk of the word. You should have been teachers, but now you're, you're just a baby again. Well, that's not where I want to be. I don't want to be a baby in Christ. I want to be a mature believer. Amen.